Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joining me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. Are you full of festive cheer? Oh, we're getting there. We're getting into the spirit. Our tree went up in the practice this week, so we're all feeling very festive. Okay, well done. OK, let's start with a kind of a festive uh, question from a listener. Uh, question, please, for Jane. My friend is going away for Christmas and I volunteered to look after her dog. But now I'm starting to get a bit panicky. Will her dog get on with my dog? They're both females and they're both neutered. Uh, I will have them separated in the house, but she think they will get on OK. Any advice welcomed, please? Okay. Oh, well, first of all, that sounds like a very kind thing to do for your friend over the Christmas season. I know a lot of a lot of people struggle around this time of year with, you know, where where to safely put their pets whilst they're visiting family, traveling elsewhere. Um, and it can be a real challenge. Um, I would suggest even if you think these two little dogs might get on OK, the best way to really reassure everyone involved and work out any teething problems would maybe to have these little guys meet each other first. Now that might be something that they have done already. Maybe you guys go on walks regularly together and they will know each other, in which case if they usually get on well they'll probably 
probably get on well as long as they have their own separate spaces in the house. Um, and I suppose the major concern there would be your own dog. They can sometimes get surprisingly territorial when another dog comes into their own place. So just make sure that all of their usual stuff, their usual beds, their bowls, their toys are kept with them for them. And there's no risk of the other dog maybe stealing any of it because that's when things might become problematic. So as long as everything's kept quite separate for those little dogs in the house and they have their own little territories, things should be nice and peaceful. But I'd really Really, really strongly recommend you've got a few weeks now before Christmas hopefully before let's say you're taking care of that that little pet in your own house try and make sure they have a few play dates and just gentle introductions don't force them together but just so that they get used to their own sense smells and potentially a helpful thing would be to ask your friend if there's a, let's say a doggy blanket that's probably due for a wash has been in in that little dog's basket for a good while um, and in your case you could do a little blanket swap um so that they're used to having the smell of the other dog around so if you give a blanket that has your own dog scent on it to your friend and vice versa yeah. for a few weeks beforehand that can be a really helpful thing to smooth the transition that's good advice and and always feed them separately Oh, always feed them separately. Keep everything really quite separate. Keep their sleeping areas separate in different rooms if possible. Keep their feeding in different rooms if possible. Keep their water in different rooms if possible. And, you know, they might get on really well and be happy to go for their peas and poos together. But, you know, just to avoid problems, at least for the first few days, take them out for their wheeze and poos separately, just so they both have some time to, to relax and do their business, as it were. OK, here's one of these bizarre ones. I'm wondering if Jane could help me, please. Our little dog, this has only started happening in the last few weeks. Whenever I turn on the cooker and the grill, she gets into a tizzy, panting, jumping up and down, ends up running from the kitchen, goes into a nearby bathroom and closes the door. All very strange. What do you think is going on? That sounds like a very unusual one. I suppose it's, is there something associated with the, the cooker or the hob that, that's causing her a bit of distress? Is there a sound or a buzzing associated with it? What I will say is dogs have a very wide hearing range, much wider and higher than we do. So it's possible there is kind of a mechanical noise that might be bothering her associated with it. But if, if let's say, you haven't changed the cooker and the grill recently and this is a new thing, that seems a little bit less likely unless it's on the blink. Uh, one thing I would say is just... just just as a kind of a point of safety just make sure if, if it is gas related if you were in a gas hob or a gas cooker just make sure that there's no leak and um, again similar to hearing dogs are very very sensitive much more sensitive than we are and can be really really sensitive to smell so just make sure that there's no gas leaking and um, that might be bothering her and she might feel the need to, to get away from the stink of it because it can be something that you know pets don't like the smell of obviously as we don't and it's quite dangerous um think as well if, if both of those things are ruled out and we're sure that everybody's safe have a little think about, is there something that's happening around the time that you're making dinner that might be off-putting to her? Is it just that she's taking you, turning on the cooker or the hob as a trigger for, right, something's going to change in the next half an hour and I need to get out of here? Um, so is, is she is she fed around that time? Is she preparing for feeding? Is Does another dog or another person enter the household? Is there some environmental change that happens around the time that you would normally cook dinner that she's simply associating you turning on the hob with what's going to happen? And if that's the case, just try and kind of decode what's going on and might be causing her a, a source of worry. And, you know, can be can be quite complex it sounds like a quite an unusual unusual situation but you know dogs and cats are just super sensitive little creatures far more sensitive than we are and they're very good at picking up on things whether they be little cues smells sights sounds um so it, it can be a little bit of a puzzle to figure out but um have a think about those points to begin with i think okay hi uh patricia and jane my dog is diabetic and on insulin injections twice a week should i give him the injection before or after food Diabetic dog. That depends a little bit. Um, so normally, 
let's say, insulin-dependent diabetic, which in, in the vast majority of dog cases, it would be insulin-dependent. Um, it's, it's a very personal thing. And what I would say is that depending on your dog's situation, the vet who prescribed the insulin or your current vet that you're under the care of at the moment, I think I, I wouldn't like to send you astray from your own particular situation without knowing more specifics. So I would really suggest having a chat about that with your own vet. Some vets will have a strong preference as to whether it's given before or after. Sometimes it can come down to some factors like whether your dog is a, a really great eater or a picky eater, in which case sometimes having the, the insulin to be given after the food can be helpful because you know how much they've eaten and what will be a safe dose. There are a lot of factors at play there and diabetic patients are, are never simple at the best of times and it's quite a complex thing so I would say really best to chat to your own vet who knows your pet well have a really in-depth conversation about you know what their diet habits are and how picky they are and what diet they're on um, and make a decision and then it's then it's really just sticking to it and being consistent with it but I think this is one to, to go back to your own vet who knows your own personal situation but best of luck. Is it quite common diabetic dogs? It can be uh, particularly in older pets it can become quite common so the, the major signs of diabetes that we would look out for in our middle-aged to older pets would be um, wanting to drink a lot drinking a lot more than usual and peeing a lot more than usual there's lots of other things that can cause that but diabetes is really up there um, and it's very easy to test for sometimes weight loss or a change in appetite is another one sometimes we can get secondary changes in the eyes so sometimes we can get cataract formation similar to in humans God, it's very um, like humans so isn't it of, yeah very very like humans so what i would say is if you notice any of those things in your senior pet you know it's always best to check it out diabetes is actually very very simple to test for so it's it's not a long or invasive process usually it can be done off a simple blood test um so I would I would encourage anybody, if you've noticed those signs in your pet, to flag that up with your vet and get some testing done. Because these guys can have a really great quality of life with treatment. It's not the end of the road. Good management means good quality of life in that case. So it's well yeah, worth, and, well and, worth and we know with humans, you can develop, um, well, type 2 diabetes if you, if you put on weight in a later life. Yeah. Would it be the same for would, would, watching an animal's weight? Would that help? Watching an animal's weight can help. Usually diabetes will be associated with some weight loss, but not always. Cats are a little bit interesting. Cats can get a, a slightly different form of diabetes to dogs. And sometimes it can be influenced by weight. Sometimes it can be just influenced by inflammation and the immune response. So it is a bit of a more complex one. But certainly changes in weight when there's not been an obvious change in diet or appetite in any pet for any reason is always a big red flag. But look, something's changing here. This is an early warning sign, whether it be diabetes or something else, a change in weight from what you would expect if there's been no change in diet or appetite is definitely something yeah, to get tested. Alarm bells should ring. And Billy's been on. He's got eight-week-old puppies full of life. But he says they're constantly hungry. Uh, he says when they eat, you would think their little bellies are about to burst. They have been wormed. Am I doing something wrong? I feed them small amounts at a time. Not right. Not not really. It doesn't sound like you're doing anything wrong. Small amounts at a time is good. Make sure it's a good quality puppy food. So sometimes if it's not nutrient dense enough, they might kind of be hungry for the energy. Sometimes they can be little greedy grubbers. So they can and they can get very big bellies as a result. You've done exactly the right thing in making sure that they've been wormed because another another kind of possibility that we can have with a big puffy belly is a worm burden, which is really, really common in young puppies. Um, I just make sure that, you know, just make sure that the worming protocol you've used is kind of as as per what 
what's your vet's instructed and has been done regularly. So normally they would need to be dewormed every two weeks until they're 12 weeks of age. So you need to do it quite frequently, really, to make sure. But it sounds like you got that ticked off, which is which is great. So I suppose it's just looking at your food, make sure it's appropriate for their life stage. So a puppy food and it's of good quality. So have a chat with your vet if you have any doubts and they'll be able to point you in the right direction. It might just be that they're being a little bit greedy, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's fine. That's what puppies do, isn't it? It's, 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 part, it's yeah. part of the fun. And then Anne has an 11-year-old dog that has gone off the hard food, the, the dog nuts, I'm, I'm assuming. So Anne said, I mm-hmm. changed it, still not interested. Been to the vet, regular occasions. They can't find anything wrong, just becoming become a fussy uh, eater. She will eat chicken, but that's all she now wants to eat. She's on treatment mm-hmm. for arthritis. Is it just an age thing with her? It can be. I think it sounds like you've done all the right things here. You've tried a dietary change that hasn't worked. And most importantly, you've been to the vet to check out whether, you know, there's a a problem behind that change. Um, I think if it's continuing, I'd raise it again with your vet just purely because things can develop over time. So let's say we examine a patient at an early warning sign and, you know, we're not really finding anything on physical exam. A lot of the time we'll say, you know, come back in a month or two to me if this is still continuing or sooner if it's any worse, because a, a subtle clue might have developed that we'd be able to find as vets on a physical examination that might not have been there the first time. So, you know, unfortunately, science doesn't always play by the rules. It can take a little while for, for things to develop to be able to be diagnosed. So just if it is continuing, represent to your vet, just reiterate your concerns and I'm sure they'll take a second look, see if anything has changed. Um, it can sometimes be be change, behavioural change. So sometimes if they're getting some of the good tasty stuff, they're getting some chicken, they're getting some of the really nice human food. Sometimes they can get very wily about it and start kind of turning their nose up at everything else because they know eventually You'll we're going to behave as owners yeah. and we'll give in and we'll give them the good stuff. So, you know, it really depends on the personality of your pet. I'm sure you'll know them very well. So you'll, you'll probably have a sense yourself of as to whether that's a likely thing for them or not um, but you know well done with what you've done so far it's just I, I would just keep an open mind maybe reassess okay. with your vet again they're, they're smart creatures okay listen have a great week we'll chat again next Thursday Jane thank you for that you too thank Thanks. you Patricia bye bye uh, that is Jane Pickett the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group Hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 